Hello, everyone. This is another episode of the uh, SLTD Going Over Big Time podcast. I am your host, uh, Cantastic, along with my co-host, uh, Mike, uh, JC. Um, and um, we're here to talk about uh, predictions or fantasy booking for AEW Forbidden Door, uh, the second uh, installment of this uh, pay-per-view. It will be taking place uh, live uh June uh no June twenty fifth in Toronto Ontario Canada it will be taking place uh for you Canadians out there at the Scotia Bank Theater right in downtown Toronto uh formerly known as the Air Canada Center I should also mention that uh we just heard uh, this week the the announcement by Tony Khan that or just from AEW in general that um AEW Collision the new two-hour Saturday night uh, show is official. The first episode, the uh, location was still to be announced, but it will start on Saturday, June 17th. The second episode and subsequent uh, other ones will take place in Canada, starting with the second episode on June 24th, in the same place I mentioned in Toronto, followed by locations in around Canada in Hamilton and... Uh, I think I think there is also an episode in Calgary, which is out west of Canada, and then um, Regina. Regina, yes, yeah. Well, let's not make any jokes about the name of that city, please. <laughs> okay, I've heard enough of those before. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess a feature of the uh, Collision Show in the Canadian locations will be the Owen Hart uh, tournament. It will be coming back this year once again. Uh, in conjunction with uh, partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation, but for now let's talk about uh AEW Forbidden Door. Um, my you know uh amazing show last year, bringing it back this year. To be honest, I was a little surprised that they picked Toronto. I wasn't expecting that. I, I mean, they did pretty good numbers in Chicago last year. So, uh, <laughs> excuse me, but they put it would have stuck to an American city or maybe even gone outside the box a little bit and did it in Japan, but here we are. So, um, my recollection, Mike, was that I tried to sign up for the pre-sale, and pre-sale sold out in about, like, a couple of minutes, about up to 12,000 tickets at that time, and uh, yeah, the show had pretty much sold out faster than anyone expected, with absolutely no matches being announced. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are here tonight just to kind of... Uh, fantasy book uh what could happen what probably maybe should happen um yeah mike so i guess to set the field a little bit in terms of what's going on at AEW and new japan so um of course one of the big uh storylines that are ongoing that has been ongoing for the last 10 years is bullet club um one big signee to AEW recently is switchblade jay white uh, Jay White's contract recently within New Japan had ended, uh, so there was a lot of speculation that he would go to WWE, but it just ended up he ended up in AEW, um, and uh, came in hot with a program with Ricky Starks, uh, aligned himself with another former Bullet Club member, Juice Robinson. Uh, the two of them in tandem now form what they describe as Bullet Club Gold. Meanwhile, in Back in New Japan, OG Bullet Club, now led by David Finley, um, 
it has undergone some changes since David Finley attacked Jay White on his uh when he uh, uh on his last night in New Japan and basically took over uh, Bullet Club. Um, I was appointed the leader uh to I guess some contention from existing members and um it has been some changes. Uh, David Finley kicked out uh ELP El Fantasmo from the group. Uh, meanwhile, one of the veterans of New Japan, um, Big uh, Bad Luck Folly, had, as last I heard, been through an excursion in Australia. So um, that veteran uh, sort of, I guess, enforcer has been absent as of late. And um, yeah, they actually picked up a new a couple of new members, including uh, Clark Connors um, uh, under Finley. Uh, Finley has famously said uh, his Bullet Club will be savages um if i can just use that term in just that context he's not looking for posers or i guess fake bullet club or just people people pretending to be bullet club so that's one major thing that's going on um and i guess the only other thing that really popped up to me was that um orange cassidy has been going through this incredible run as aew all atlantics now slash international champion um, he is slated to face um, Kyle Fletcher from Aussie Open, who attacked him backstage on the Dynamite, as looking to get a title shot. I guess I, I guess Mike, uh, I guess I smell perhaps a rematch from last year's Forbidden Door because last year Forbidden Door we had Orange Cassidy facing Will Osprey at the time, I believe, for the IWGP United States title. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Will Osprey won. Uh, Osprey is scheduled to have returned by Forbidden Door. So, you know what? I've been talking for just several minutes now, but perhaps you'd like to um, offer some of your insights. Uh, so yeah, um, there's a lot going on right now in both companies. Uh, as of now, time of recording, the um, best of the Super Juniors is going on in New Japan. And um, I've been trying to watch all of that. And uh, it's been very good so far. Um, I'm, I'm a little behind. I'm two, I'm two, uh, two shows behind. So there, there's already been six shows. And uh, if you're not aware, uh, New Japan is very keen on um, round robin tournaments. So the, they have the best of the Super Juniors, and they have the uh, G1 Climax. The G1 Climax is the bigger one for the heavyweights that takes place usually in August. Uh, and the winner of that tournament gets to face the world champion at the biggest show of the year, Wrestle Kingdom, on January 4th. It's a round-robin tournament. There's usually two... Um, two uh blocks there's an a block and a b block and uh best of the super juniors is for the junior heavyweights and that one's going on right now and there is uh 20 competitors and um some notable names are in it as far as american talent um and canadian uh because mike bailey is in it and uh Leo Rush is in it and TJP is in it and um 
Yeah, there's also like the the you know the usual suspects, uh, uh, um, Yoshinobu Nobu Kanemura is in it. He's usually he's usually the veteran fall guy. They always they always have a veteran guy in these tournaments that like is there to lose a lot, um, because somebody has to win. Obviously, yeah, the fall guy. Yeah, yeah. So, um. The first couple of nights, actually, he's been doing pretty well. But like, you know, like Taiji Ishimori, who's a top junior heavyweight, Kashida's is back in it for the first time since leaving WWE. Uh, the champion, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, is in it, of course. And uh, usually, the the way they they do it is if the champion wins the tournament, then the champion gets to select their opponent. But um. I don't think that has happened uh, to this point in either the G1 or the best of the Super Juniors uh, where the champion has won the tournament. But um, Leo Rush has been having amazing matches. And from where I am currently, like I said, I'm two shows behind. He is undefeated and uh, has won all four of his matches so far from where I am. So, uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a tournament, and uh, that is going to lead to the winner facing the junior heavyweight champion at at Dominion, which is in the first uh, weekend in June. Well, first week in June. I, I, I don't remember the date off the top of my head. In AEW, there's a lot going on. So we have, uh, again, at time of recording, um, we are a week and a half away from Double or Nothing. And uh, we have seven matches so far, which is surprisingly low, considering AEW likes to have nice, uh, long pay-per-views. Uh, usually we're we're looking at between thirteen to fifteen matches. Uh, so this could be one of the shorter AEW pay per views in a really long time. Um, of course I'm sure there's going to be other matches announced. Um, in the final week going into it, but um, yeah. So there's there's a lot. A lot going on. There's a lot of good wrestling going on, and New Japan also has a American uh, show on the twenty first, uh, featuring Mercedes Monet in a four person tournament to determine the first ever uh, strong women's champion. Yeah, that's interesting. Um. I I was I was I was under the impression that the strong as a show had been discontinued. So well, the show itself is over, but they're they're still branding their American pay per views with that name. Hmm. So what they have been doing since they ended the weekly viewing the weekly shows of New Japan Strong is that whenever there's an American pay per view, uh. America pay-per-view in America, North America. Um 
it's usually a strong branded pay-per-view and they put it on new japan uh world as hourly on-demand shows so if it's like a two if it's like a three-hour show they break it into to three one-hour shows on new japan world in an on-demand style which is what they were technically doing when new japan strong the show was on they were they were doing like a four hour taping and breaking it down into one hour each. Hmm. Okay, so they're just doing that for their pay per views now instead of having weekly TV. Um, because there's a lot of guys that are still working for that. Uh, you know that brand. I guess essentially, um, a team that we're going to talk about. Um, Aussie Open currently doesn't have a contract and they have two championships with New Japan right now hmm. Um, but yeah there, there's just there's a lot going on and I'm really excited to see where all of this is going to go Um, but yeah so I I put a like well because last year we were we went into the show not knowing what it would be like. Um, we kind of we were we were going by like, I well the whole time the whole thing was basically just matches I wanted to see, but um I think I got maybe two correct out of like fifteen, um, and. I I tried to put a card together that was more um cohesive with how they booked it last year and um cuz you know there was a lot of a lot of multi-man matches which is a new japan staple yeah um but they also kind of built some storylines into those multi-man matches and um there's probably going to be again whenever you put together a fantasy booking card or whatever there's always people that are going to be left out there's always yeah. going to be people that should be on it that are aren't and there are people that aren't on it that should be like you know so i i tried to put together a card that made sense i guess mm-hmm. um somewhat <laughs> um so i have let me see i believe 14 matches that i put down okay i think yeah so. last year there was last year there was 13 um i mean the the, the main event was the uh single uh, match between john moxley uh versus hiroshi tanahashi uh when mm-hmm. moxley beat well, won the match to become was, the, to become the interim AEW World Champion. That was one of the matches I got correct by mistake. Uh, because, oh, by mistake, because <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. Tanahashi was supposed to face CM Punk, right? And um, of course, CM Punk got hurt the first time around the time of this show, where he injured his foot jumping into the crowd. Um. 
And then they they had to pivot and have the uh, tournament to determine who was going to right be uh, facing John Moxley, and Tanahashi won that. And then they had the match. So I got that one correct purely by mistake. <laughs> but uh, I don't think there was a lot of other ones that I got correct last year because, again. I didn't know where it was going and I was kind of just booking it as like, Oh, this is what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Trying to do this fantasy booking for this uh, two joint company pay-per-view is going to be, uh, yes. I mean, we're, we're planning to do it annually every year. Then it's going to be interesting. Cause it's like, you know, we, the two of us mostly watch just one company of the two. So it's hard to like kind of fans, yeah. figure out, I, I've been getting more into New Japan today than I was in the past couple of years, yeah. mainly because it's starting to get more, uh, you know, it's more open. It's open again. More American talent are going over. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was getting really boring when all the same Japanese talent were challenging for the same titles. And they knew that. Um, so it was losing a lot of luster. But um. So I put a card together, and I believe I have eight championship matches, and the rest are uh, matches I would like to see or matches that I have seen before that I would like to see again. Okay, so why don't you start with like your opener or what you think? Well, yeah, would be I'll, on I'll a basically I'll I'll go from the bottom up because okay. that's how I that's how I put it together. So. The first match that I put together was is a match that has happened before, but it hasn't happened on a big stage. So there's a, a small little company in California called PWG. And uh, if you don't know, PWG is uh, one of those companies that does not air their shows live. In fact, uh, to see them live, you have to go to California and then wait for them to come out on DVD in order to see them. Wow, that um, sounds really uh, that sounds really old school. Yeah, so um, Excalibur is actually one of the founding members of PWG. He's one of the, I think he's still one of the owners technically, um, but. In the past couple of years, there's been some rivalries that took place there that uh, created some great matches. And one of them is uh, Jeff Cobb, who is currently a member of the flourishing group of the United Empire uh, against somebody who has just recently reemerged in AEW, Bandito. Ah, so Bandito has been on a roll lately, having great matches with Orange Cassidy, whether it was against him or teaming with him. And uh, now that we are essentially going to be having a, a quote unquote hard brand split on AEW, uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of him and guys that we haven't seen recently. Uh, and these guys have, fa like I said, faced each other twice before, one on one in uh, PWG. But this is a match that we 
haven't seen on this kind of stage. And I think it's a match that would be perfect to start the show. Uh, because anybody who knows how good Jeff Cobb is already and like seen him have matches with Kenny Omega recently and, uh, you know, the mat, all the matches that he's had in New Japan that have been great. And even in AEW, he's been to AEW a few times. And if you've seen uh, the old Lucha Underground stuff, he was great there as uh, Matanza Cueto. Um, Bandito was, uh, I believe, discovered by the Young Bucks and uh, had his first huge uh, appearance on any show at the first All In. Um, and was what he got him initially signed to Ring of Honor. Um, when Ring of Honor was still its own brand. And um, I just think that having these two re, uh, reignite their rivalry, I guess, and put on such a, an amazing match to start off the show would be uh, a good I a, a good a good uh, appetizer if you're gonna put it on like the zero hour, uh, whatever they call. I, I guess that's what they call all their pre-shows now, the zero hour. And um, yeah, I I, and Jeff Cobb is one of those guys. Like you know how like when Brock Lesnar is, when Brock Lesnar is on, he has good matches with small guys. Jeff Cobb is like that, but Jeff Cobb is on all the time. He's not like Brock Lesnar. Uh, he actually likes wrestling. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that that would be a, a good match to start off the the pre-show. Yeah, because, uh, well, it's interesting. I mean, there's a good contrast between those two. Uh, Bandito's a bit of a hot, the, the luchador high flyer, and Jeff Cobb is like the power power guy. Although uh, it's interesting that Bandito is a bit of a hybrid in that in, in that he also can do the power stuff as well. Um, if you've ever never seen Bandito uh, in a match, he's known for doing a press slam with one arm, and uh, he does this. He has a signature uh, German suplex called the Twenty One Plex that is like ridiculous in terms of the level of cardio and just strength you need in order to pull off. An action like that, mm -hmm. so yeah, that would be a good opener in in terms of like whether it begins a match or it's a yeah yeah. Uh, I apologize if you are hearing a cat in the audio because my cat is awake and being very, very, uh, vocal. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Mike, I apologize in advance, but. My laptop frequently does a thing where it's uh, it's plugged in, but it refuses to charge. So uh, the last time this happened, when my laptop went down to around 65%, it just locked itself because suddenly it ran out of power. <laughs> <laughs> so if this call abruptly ends, I apologize profusely. Eh, it's okay. We'll just have to do some editing. Um... <laughs> So the next match that I have, uh, and I was trying to, again, 
there's going to be people that are left out. There's going to be people that are what whatever it is. But I, I tried to like make some sense of some things. So recently, well, not even not even very recently, but um, so Suzuki Goon is no longer together. Mm, yes. Um. They all went their separate ways, and uh, some of them joined a group called Just Five Guys, <laughs> and the rest of them kind of just did their own thing. Um. I mean, yeah, Suzuki- I mean, yeah, yeah. That was one of the big things from last year: the dissolution of the Suzuki Goon faction, which had been around since for like close to a decade at, at yeah least. in in new japan yeah. and, pro, and and pro wrestling yeah. and i guess and i guess uh in a very unique way that we north american wrestling fans don't recognize the group basically dissolved, uh disbanded like amicably they didn't uh yes. turn on each other or anything it's just that they decided to call it a de- call it a quits by the what, end of the what year. a crazy idea yeah, that, and they ended it by group, having a match with each other. That a group could just break up and not hate each other. Yes. What a what a novel concept. So it's so human for us. It's such a human being kind of thing to do. But yes, so, anyway, yeah. So since that has happened, um, Minoru Suzuki has been teaming a lot with uh, El Desperado, who is a former member, and. Uh, a young uh I, I a guess lion? a young lion who I don't know if he's still considered a young lion, but I, I would I have... say at this point he probably has graduated from the LA Dojo if he is a yes. Um but uh he's been teaming a lot with uh Ren Narita, mm-hmm. who is a very good wrestler as well. Um so I wanted to put something together with like those two and I guess since Minoru Suzuki is still on, like, I I guess like he's still teaming with <laughs> with the Suzuki Goon people. Mm-hmm. I decided to put Lance Archer with them as well. Okay, and uh, have them go up against the acclaimed and Billy Gunn because I I feel like it's very uh similar. Um. So are you situations? Yeah. Situations. Yeah. Okay. Where you got like a young team and a veteran. Well, in this case, on the Japanese side, you got two veterans and a young guy. But um, I just thought it was an interesting match that would. Mm. I mean, because you know that uh, (laughs) because you know that Max Caster could come up with some funny rap about. Oh my god! These people. <laughs> I, um, I I I started to think what he could, what sort of thing you could rap about Suzuki that he would comprehend. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I just thought it was interesting to have like that kind of match, I guess, where you um, you have uh, a section of Suzuki Goon, I guess, and and Red Narita. Taking on the acclaimed of Billy Gunn and okay, it being before, pretty before evenly match. So, I, I'm sorry, yeah, but so I'm just wondering, unless my math is off, 
So you you believe there's the former Suzuki Goon faction of Desperado, Suzuki, Lance Archer. Well, no, El Desperado's not El Desperado's not in the match. Oh, just, okay, sorry. I, I just I just mentioned him earlier because he was um because he oh, has okay. been teaming with Minoru Suzuki still. Okay. Mm. Yeah, no. So it's just Minoru Suzuki and Lance yeah. Archer and mm. Ren Narita. Sorry yeah, if I was it's... if I was unsure. I mean about. that would yeah yeah okay I get it it's a six on it's a six man tag match or a trios match basically yeah. um I mean I'm really curious I mean if you just threw in I was as El Desperado and threw in that entire uh group I believe they call themselves um strong, strong style. style yeah so yeah. strong style uh featuring Lance Archer and uh acclaimed Billy Gunn I'd be curious as to who would they could insert as someone well. That's why I have something. Yeah. I have something yeah. else for El Desperado later. Oh, okay. Well, if, I guess if I had to think about it, yeah, just change it up a bit. Let's see, acclaimed Billy Gunn, and who would be available to just kind of bum around in this kind of a match? Let me think. Uh, let's see. You've got Lance Archer, who's probably the big guy, uh, and that Billy Gunn I could mean- like. Face off across. You could also throw in a New Japan name because it doesn't. I was thinking a be... New Japan guy too. Yeah, so it probably be have... like, yeah, like Shibata. Actually, that would be that would be an interesting <laughs> choice. Uh, I don't know why he popped up, but Toru Yano for some reason. I mean, that would be perfect. That yeah. that would be that would be perfect he because seems just, he, he seems to have a fear he, of just being he, in a match. He community. has he has a history with not being a fan of Minoru Suzuki. Right. Um for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, I'm just um, picturing right now cuz him trying to uh ziz- do the scissoring. Yeah. It'd be like I'm just trying to imagine well, I mean scissor I mean, me Toru. <laughs> I mean, now it has to happen, but I guess you don't. And you don't have to put El Desperado on that other team. You could throw somebody else from AW yeah, on there, yeah, I guess. Probably. But um, yeah, I, I just think it would be an interesting match. I I, I wanted to throw something, throw something in there that you wouldn't see coming. I guess. Okay. Okay. Um, so the next match I have, and I don't know if this would still be considered, uh. Zero hour, or if we're throw if we're going into main card here, um, but the next match that I have written down, and this is just just so happens to be the order that I went in, uh, is House of Black defending their AEW trios championships against the team of a Chaos trio of Hiroki Goto. Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi. Oh, okay. So, I, 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 when you said when you said House of Black, and then when you said a Chaos Trio, <laughs> I thought you may have picked off something uh, uh, from from me as well because I had just thought about this um, recently. Oh, actually, not recently. I mean, literally while I was sitting in the chair in this chair, uh, because on the New Japan side. I believe, as of right now, I, I hope I'm not mistaken, the uh, never open weight six man tag titles are being held by a combination of somewhat of a chaos trio, but not really. Uh, held by, I would you got you could probably call this a well, dream team. I, it, Tomohiro, yeah. I believe is is it Ishii, Ishii, um, Hanahashi, Hanahashi, and, and Kishishia Okada. 
Yes. I mean, first of all, Okada and Tanahashi are a dream tag team in, in themselves. But if you add in a third well, man. Um, John Moxley, John Moxley recently um, made a video appearance at um, Wrestling Duntaku uh, after that team won their championship. Oh. And I believe that at Dominion, we're going to get some kind of trio of um, uh, John Moxley, Shota Umino, and my guess would be Wheeler Yuta in a okay. in a match for that championship. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be Claudio. That would be amazing, but yeah, um, I would I would save Claudio for singles. Considering but, his um, performance last year, so that's why I I didn't include the uh, mm. the yeah I didn't inc- I didn't include the never open weight uh six man championships because I have other plans for Tanahashi and Okada. Oh, okay, yes, <laughs> of course, totally blacked out and forgot that they are yeah two of New Japan's greatest singles biggest stars. names ever, yeah. biggest names ever. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, you know what? Since you mentioned House of Black, uh, they will be taking on Chaos and your prediction of them taking on a Chaos Trio. Uh, House of Black have been doing this thing recently where they have um, each of their title defenses will now will be contested under open house rules. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I guess it's a number of measures that are designed to just keep the match going. Uh, 20 second count out uh, on uh, outside yeah. the ring. Um was there a rope break or no rope breaks? I can't remember. I think it was no rope breaks. No rope breaks. Um, I believe it was basically a no DQ situation. And um, the opposing team could yes. throw in also a no, yes dealer a dealer's own. choice rule. Yes. Um, the best friends had the first crack at this, and they their their rule was no witches. <laughs> yeah. Basically, no Julia Hart. So yes. It's a kind of a wheat sauce kind of a rule was to well, suck, but um, I mean, because they yeah. they claimed they claimed that they were unaware of this, oh. and that um, yes. when Orange Cassidy asked Trent Beretta what he had chosen, he said, "Wait, we were supposed to pick a rule," like, <laughs> and they just kind of picked that on the fly, right? Yeah, um, That's a... but uh, yeah, so I. I picked this match mainly because I want. I mean, I don't really care about Yoshihashi, but he's he's Hiroki Goto's tag team partner. But uh, I want Goto and Ishii to have matches on this show, and I would love to see all of these guys against every member of House of Black. Um, mm-hmm. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi had a standard tag match last year i think yeah um, i believe they against swer against swerve in their glory i think was it or i, I try to remember i thought they faced the bucks for some reason but probably not i think no, that was like a rampage no, match no, no. yeah no no those like, are the young bucks last year uh, the young bucks teamed yeah. with l l phantasma yes let me see if i can find it but yeah that uh i mean yeah your pick is very solid i mean um malachi black versus ishii that would be a match in itself Mm-hmm. Um, that everybody would want to see. Um, I mean, if they're going to implement some kind of uh, if they're going to do it by open house rules, I'd be curious what the uh, dealer's choice would be. Like one suggestion, someone I think I read online 
for dealer's choice would be House of Black needs to can only win with a pinfall of a free count, but their opponents get one. So, so it's like a one count, they'll win the match. Uh, let's see, last year, Forbidden Door. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, Uchiman based Hiroki off Goto against and... the factory. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It was a, uh, it was on the pre show, so yes. Yes. Uh, so Swerve in Their Glory had a match last year against El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kinemaru. Yep. So. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so yeah, I, I, I just think that this would be a hard hitting match. And I mean, watching Tomohiro Ishii and, and Brody King just smack the shit out of each other. Yeah. Would be a hell of a lot of fun. And watching Godo and and Malachi trade strikes of, of any kind would just be a hell of a lot of fun. And I like I said, I don't care about Yoshihashi because <laughs> I don't think a lot of people do. Um, but he's 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 there. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this would be. I think this would be a fun match. Yeah, it would sound like a, it would sound like a fun match, definitely. Uh, so moving on to the next match, and you kind of alluded to this earlier in your intro about the Bullet Club separation of sorts, and this match is a full-on Bullet Club versus Bullet Club match that I have here of the Bullet Bullet Club Gold team of Jay White and Juice Robinson teaming with the recently kicked out of Bullet Club El Phantasmo to take on David Finley, Clark Connors, and Chase Owens. Hmm. Um, I think it just makes sense. <laughs> right? Because there has been no mention of David Finley kicking Jay White, quote-unquote kicking Jay White out of Bullet Club since Jay White has come to AEW and essentially made his own Bullet Club. Mm. And this would be the perfect time to pay that off. Um, Because I don't think Jay White's going to Japan anytime soon. Yeah. Is Chase Owens um, still part of Bullet Club? Yes, he is. Oh. Hmm. Whatever I'm looking uh, at is uh, maybe not accurate then. Hmm. Uh, I don't recently did he get kicked out i don't i don't recall him getting kicked out recently unless i missed it sorry maybe i'm looking at this wrong i'm just looking at a chart from like wikipedia it says chase owens Octo- joined october 23rd 2015 and then just jumps to january 5th 2019 i don't know i don't notice uh, that that yeah like... that's that's not correct okay somebody must have messed up around here okay yeah i do yeah now i look at chase owens yeah i recognize him i've seen him around the background so okay yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. So so he was uh he was teaming with um uh Bad Luck Fale for a while as a as a duo, um, and as you mentioned, he's been away working in Australia. So um, yeah, I I, I just I just think it's time to uh, to pay this off. I mean, obviously, I think most people would probably want um, uh, Jay White in a bigger match, 
Um, but I, I, I think that he's going to have big matches down the line. And this match is big enough on paper if you're a Bullet Club fan. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the thing that you were mentioning about Chase Owens, where it says October. He, he originally joined in October, and I think that something happened and he took a break and he rejoined in January. That's probably oh. what that probably oh. what that means, I would think, January okay. 2019. That, because he is still a member currently. Yeah, this show is still a member, so. Yeah. So, okay. um yeah. I'd be interested yeah, to I, see I, the sort of build in this sort of thing because uh they've never they've never really had any sort of uh, mention or interaction since Jay White was um attacked by Finley and uh hasn't really mentioned on AEW, he just mentioned he, he just he just signed and then they just started Bullet Club Gold without really referencing I mean the only yeah. time I mean David Finley references it like you know and saying in passing like you know, yeah. this is a real bullet club, not some fake poser, and it don't really he doesn't really mention Jay White by name, so um Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean I hope there's like a good sort of program built that leads up to this because this would be the match you describe would be the natural conclusion to some sort of program being uh being put just forward. A, just a natural conclusion to that whole yeah. Thing with it because usually when something like that happens, at least I mean, um, in most cases, I mean, uh, Finn Balor didn't get to, uh, you know, mm. follow up with AJ technically. Uh, he, I mean, they did in WWE, but yeah. I mean, Kenny Omega and AJ didn't get to have their thing because AJ went to WWE. Yeah, uh, but Kenny and Jay White have faced each other so many times and it was great every time um i'm not ready to say that david finley is on the level of a jay white or a kenny omega as a wrestler can he can he get there absolutely i mean look who his dad is um <laughs> but i i don't i mean the thing that he's been doing where he wants a uh, a more savage bullet club and and that that led to him at asking Clark Connors to join um I like that that was interesting and getting El Fantasmo out of the group was also interesting because that's all he's been doing since he joined New Japan was the bullet club and uh, more recently at, uh, you know, like wrestling Doug Taku, he showed up and uh, attacked David Finley. So that is still technically going on. It's just that right now the best of the Super Juniors is going on. So there aren't any heavyweight feuds going on right now. Um. So, yeah, I, I just think it just makes sense. I, I want to see how this plays out. Uh, Chase Owens, always the fall guy, probably would take the pin. <laughs> um, but Jay White and Juice Robinson are great together. El Fantasmo is always great with Jay White. Um, and I think the David Finley Clark Connors duo can do something big in the future. 
as we are uh, 10 years of Bullet Club, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, good, uh, good, good idea. So next I have. All right. So this is going to be kind of low on the card here. But, yeah, I know. Uh, we, we've got your big bangers, and then we're going to have a low period. <laughs> <laughs> well, this probably feels really low on the card, considering what's been going on on AEW. Okay. So, uh, as I mentioned, time of recording. Um, We just watched the most recent AEW Dynamite episode, where it closed with Adam Hangman Page. Fully rejoining the elite mm. and Kenny Omega even accepting it since he hadn't done that recently. Um, and we already have a match announced between these two groups for double or nothing, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's going to be over. By double yeah, or yeah, yeah, because there's some people missing. That oh, I think we okay. fully expect to show up at some point. Mm. Um, so we have the match for Double or Nothing. It's uh, as of right now, is the Young Bucks, Page, and, and Omega versus Claudio, Wheeler, Moxley, and Danielson. Right. At, in a uh, Anarchy, Anarchy in, the in the Arena match. So, obviously, this is not going to be over, and I think we're gonna, probably going to have another big multi-man match. I don't know what the stipulation would be, but I just put the, the names down on the paper or on the spreadsheet. Uh, so, Adam Page and the Young Bucks, I think, will still be part of this, of course. Uh, but their partner is going to be different. Because their partner is somebody that has a very strong fondness for Kenny Omega, mm. who is no longer in New Japan. Mm. And is rumored to be coming to AEW for a while now. Mm. And that man is Kota Ibushi. To yeah. take on to take on the team of Claudio, Wheeler Yuta, Shota Umino, and Kanosuke Takeshi. Um. Because that's coming. I think he's he's going to join BCC. Yeah, the turn is coming. They just have to figure out how to naturally work that in. Because uh, yeah. we don't really, I mean, since Takeshi has been signed of AEW, he's done He's had a lot of great matches on Rampage, Dynamite, Ring of Honor, but we haven't really seen his personality. We've only seen him recently tied up with Don Callis. Um, yes. Don so, Callis recently turned on Henny Omega. Uh, Kanosuke Takesha was basically beaten to a pulp and left bloodied uh, a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. So I haven't seen him back on TV since. Um, yeah. So my thinking here is, of course, as you mentioned, Kanosuke. Kanosuke Takeshita is uh, going to come back and um, 
you know that 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 thing that the Blackpool Combat Club always says: it, you you got to bleed with me first before you can be a member. And he did that already. Um, yeah, like I would make that it would make more sense with Takeshita right now. Callus, even though he did it too. Well, I don't think he's joined. I don't think yeah, he's joining. I don't think he's joining. I don't think he he he's 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 turned on Omega, but it's not like did it to join the Blackpool Combat Club. It seems like well, it's no, 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 no. I never, I never okay. thought yeah. Don Callis was going to join BCC, but okay. unless, unless he's just going to be Takeshita's manager, yeah. In that, it, but in that case, then he would be a a de facto member of BCC yeah, yeah. If, if if it were to happen. But um, because we didn't really get anything out of his explanation. It no, was just it was I don't just think it was one to be honest. No, it was it was just done to set up the brawl to yep. uh set up the page return, which was fine and that was great. That was a great moment. That was a big moment for AEW cuz that's something that's been building for the entirety of AEW mm. at this point. Adam Page being back in the elite. Um a side by side with these three guys. Um so yeah, uh, obviously I have something a lot bigger planned for Kenny Omega on this show. But um, as far as I'm concerned, if I mean if Kota Ibushi and Kanosuke Takeshita aren't going to be in this Anarchy in the Arena match, which I, I think four on four is fine, considering the last time we had one, it was everywhere and it was very hard to keep up um, with things going on. Um. So you have this match, and it, 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 again, it could have a stipulation. It could, it doesn't need to. It could just be a four on four. But uh, either way, I mean, I don't think Kota Ibushi wants to work with anybody from New Japan, per se, mm. uh, right now. I mean, Shota Umino works there, but he's he's a friend of Moxley, and I think Kenny Omega are probably probably be like uh, he's fine. <laughs> you know um but uh yeah i i think that um it just it just makes sense because as i said i don't think this feud is going to be over at double or nothing i and it's just a natural progression of the story that just includes shota umino <laughs> Who's from New Japan? Because <laughs> I don't think he's going to be around after Double or Nothing anyway. I mean, after uh, Forbidden Door anyway. So, uh, yeah, and and hopefully we finally get Kota Ibushi in AEW because we all see that coming. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good pick. Uh, definitely, we'll see. Uh, if that is happening. I mean. I guess down the road we could probably possibly see uh, some kind of blood and guts uh, situation, which yeah. includes Takeshita and Ibushi. Although I don't know if they're reserving the blood and guts this year for the female uh, stuff that the women's division stuff that's been going on. Yeah, uh, that's uh, hard to say right now. Do you have any, do, you, do you have any matches on your prediction card that are like women's matches? I have one. Oh yeah, one one. Hmm. Because last year I noticed that they did have a Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa well, AEW Women's Title. They match. also that was didn't the only, have... yeah, only match that I noticed that was not 
including anyone from New Japan, obviously, at the yes. time. So, so at the time, New Japan's female uh, incorporation was not as strong as it is now. Yeah. Um, they obviously are owned by the same company that owns Stardom, but they weren't having Stardom matches, and they still aren't technically mm-hmm. having Stardom matches. They're just having people from Stardom compete for a New Japan belt. Yeah. Um, so I randomly had this match that just popped into my head. Uh, this is contingent on um, the result, res- the the outcome of double or nothing, the AEW women's title match between Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Whoever the champion is, I think, should face Kyrie at well, Forbidden Door. That uh, would. That, that would, would that would probably that would probably interfere with probably a pick you had or something. I don't know. Well, I <laughs> I basically had the same I had the same thought, but yeah. I had a I had a bigger name in mind. Oh. Uh. So I would just put it out there. It's like I I'm thinking either the whoever wins the AW Women's Title at Double or Nothing will face Kyrie at Forbidden Door. See, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But on paper. You can have a bigger match, and that bigger match would be against Mercedes Monet. Yeah. Um. So she, as as mentioned earlier, is going into this four person tournament that she's most probably going to win. Uh, for the strong women's championship, and as you mentioned, I think whoever wins the women's title the AEW women's title at double or nothing will be her opponent. So that's why I had Jamie Hayter down. Mm. Um, See, but I was not sure if it should be a championship match and for which championship, but it could also be a winner take all match, which in that case would mean that one of them, uh, some one of them, could have both belts and I think I think Yep. It's been done before. Uh, Did it last year. But also also there's the and I didn't think about this when putting the card together. A lot of people want to see Mercedes take on Jade. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. I was like, hmm, so who does Jade face? I was thinking Mercedes only, but if you put Mercedes yeah. in this, well, then... see, I think it could go yeah. either way. Right. I think it could go, but you could also have another women's match where, uh, I mean, the IWGP Women's Champion right now is Mayu Iwatani. Um, yeah, I think the challenge with uh, them doing the Forbidden Door show and and trying to have a women's match is that they don't have anyone that seems like. Uh, now that they have Mercedes, but still, other than her, there's nobody else that's that well known outside the Japanese market, right? Because like, yeah. Stardom is really an exclusively Japanese show, and yes, I mean they have they have some American slash you know non Japanese talent there. That's but true, not but... but not a lot of them are on the level of our Mercedes. Yeah. Right, it's like, not like when you go to uh, when if you like put them out in front of an AEW audience, I you know, 
some of them might recognize them, but like, well, yeah, like you're like, like, for example, for example, but she she's not even like really a big name over there yet. Uh But uh, formally in WWE, there's a girl over there named Jessie who was in WWE under the name Jessie Elabon, which is her real name. She was formerly in WWE and, and she is in stardom, but she's mm-hmm. not as well known. Yet. Yeah, because I've because um, then I've never heard of her. <laughs> you've definitely yeah. seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in NXT for a while in oh. 2021. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yes. Uh, but yeah, she's in a group with another another American, uh, Mariah May, who is also very good. But oh, is not on the level yet. I don't think to be on a show like this. Mm. She's an amazing wrestler. I've seen her work. I, I watched, uh, you know, the most recent like big stardom pay, uh, pay-per-view, which was really good. And she was on it and they had a great uh, six woman tag together with uh, somebody else whose name is escaping me right now. But um, yeah, I, uh, so if you're going to have multiple women's matches, um, it, it comes down to, I think, are these going to be championship matches or are these just going to be like open challenges or something? Like, of course, if Jade is still the champion, she's facing Taya again at double or nothing. Is this going to be where she loses? I don't know. But if it isn't, then... I guess Mercedes would make the most sense. Um, but that also, but again, it comes down to which belt is going to be on the line. If Mercedes is the strong champion. Um, and then you could have Jamie hater or, or, um, Tony storm or even, uh, I mean, cause they're going to save Soraya for all in, I guess she's just, she doesn't need to be on this show per se. But um, do you make it a tag match? Do you make it like I don't know. Um, so I I had Hater versus Monet down, but I, I I guess it could go either way. Um, so the next match I actually had another match right before that one, so we just skipped one, but it's fine. <laughs> uh. So this is where I have um, another AEW feud that's currently going on that I don't think is going to end at double or nothing is Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. So I believe they are going to announce the singles match for double or nothing on the go home dynamite. That makes the most sense. It, it, it just have the singles match at the pay-per-view makes sense. Uh, so, since I don't think that that feud is going to end by that match, this is where we have another six-man. Where we have the group of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Daniel Garcia taking on Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and the ace of New Japan. Oh, oh, okay. Um, so I was trying to think of this logically, of course. Uh, I 
<sighs> Kyle's not going to be back in anytime soon. You have to incorporate somebody from New Japan. And I don't think Tanahashi is going to be in like a big title match this year. Uh, because he doesn't need to be. He was in the main event last year. He And everybody knows who Tanahashi is if you are a fan of both companies. Um... So I, 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 I was trying to think of this logically of like because obviously they're going to have another match with JAS and these guys, and who from New Japan should team with them? Um, somebody that is a big enough name that would draw more interest. Hiroshi Tanahashi, there's no bigger name. Um, I thought about putting Shibata in there. Um, I thought about some other people that I already named in earlier matches. Um, because I don't know who Adam Cole really has a relationship with in New Japan currently, mm. at, if at all. Other than, I mean, Jay White's in AW now, so. Um. So yeah, I I just wanted to put a big name on that team that would I guess match the uh, um. I guess the star power of Chris Jericho, right? Mm-hmm. And they have history uh, with each other back in New Japan, so yeah, a nice tie-in. Yeah. Uh, and I think it would be a fun match. Daniel Garcia is getting better with each match and each performance. He might not want you to know this, but he's a really good wrestler and not a so good sports entertainer. <laughs> um, and Sammy Guevara, I, I mean, I honestly am not sure what his affiliation is currently with the JAS because he's been doing his own thing. But I assume that, I mean, I'll get it out of the way now. MJF is probably retaining a double or nothing. That's just my thought process going into making this. Um, so I um, just, yeah, I, I, I think that, again, you have another. You want to get as many people as you can on this card, and there's going to be a lot of multi-man matches like there was last year. And it, it just makes a lot of sense to... Do something like this with all of these people. Uh, I have loved Adam Cole being back. I have loved Roderick Strong coming to AEW. I love that him and Cole are just waiting for Kyle Riley to come back for us to get that undisputed elite thing down the line. And we don't need to talk about that other guy anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think that this will be a fun match, of, of course. Um, so moving on, and uh, so now we're in we're in championship territory. Every match going forward is a championship match. So the first one that I have, and um, there was a lot of 
championships last year that weren't defended as on the show as far as like on the new Japan side or even on the AEW side. They didn't defend every championship. So I wanted to put something I I I figured as much that obviously by the time we get to the show, the best of the super juniors will be over. Hiromu Tagashi will be defending it at Dominion, which is going to happen before this show. So I assume he'll be available. Um, so I have him defending. Now, the match that I've always wanted to see out of him, as far as somebody on AEW, is Darby Allin. But instead of it being a singles match, I made it a three-way. And I also included Jack Perry. Because uh, there's been out of out of so we have this uh, pillars fatal four away coming up at double or nothing, and out of everybody on the sh- on the match in the match, I I feel like Darby and Jack have been the ones that have been like going at it the most, or like throwing the most jabs at each other. If you're talking about the other three that you're not including MJF. Um, I mean, on the most recent Dynamite, we saw that all three guys were kind of on the level of like, let's defeat MJF, no matter who it is. But I, I, I feel like things between these two in particular will not be over after Double or Nothing. Um... So I, I, I just think that you have the unpredictability of all three of these guys. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi doesn't need to be a junior heavyweight anymore and probably hasn't needed to be a junior heavyweight for a few years now. He's just that he's just that good. Um, He proved that most recently when he challenged the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship champion at wrestling Dantaku and had a hell of a match. He didn't win, of course, because nobody expected him to. It's not his time. But he is one of the most charismatic Japanese talents I've ever seen. And just puts on an amazing match every single time he gets in the ring. And so does Darby and so does Jack Perry. That I, I I just I want to see this match. I want to see it. Um so 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 sorry, I don't know I don't know if I spaced out for a few minutes there, but so the match is Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and Hiromo Takahashi. Yes. Oh yes. You know what? I think yeah, because last year Takahashi was supposed to be teaming with Darby and Sting and Shingo mm-hmm. Takagi, I think. And yes. uh, because of I think COVID, he uh, he wasn't able to make it. Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Hiro- I I always wanted to see Hiromu versus Darby in one on one, but I just don't think the things between Darby and Jack Perry are going to be done just yet. Uh, so that's why I made it a three way. Hmm. All right. So the next match, I think, is a match that we kind of all expect to happen. But I don't know which championship would be on the line. 
So I just made it a double championship match. Mm. FTR, who have been on a roll ever since fully re-signing with AEW, have been, uh, you know, throwing little jabs here and there at uh, Aussie Open on social media. And Aussie Open has been doing it publicly on the microphone. Mm. Uh, So I think it just makes sense. This is the match I think that FTR wants the most, I think, out of like New Japan right now. They've already faced each other once before, and that match was amazing. But this time, both teams have a belt. Well, in this case, Aussie Open has two. Um, so I don't know if this should just be an AEW title match or an IWGP championship match or a strong championship match. So I just said, hell with it. Let's just put the AW and the IWGP on the line. And the winner takes both belts. Because mm. FTR's done that before. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't think that they're they're done with New Japan just yet. I mean they wrestled at yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. Let's let's remember what FTR said. They uh recently resigned their contract with AEW, which is a belief of four years, and then literally they said after the contract expires, they're retiring from wrestling. Period. <laughs> so yes. we're only gonna get a few more years out of these guys, so let's see what uh yeah, and I would like to see them have more than just a match against Bushimon. Because that's yeah, who they yeah. that's that's who they lost their titles to. And as I mentioned earlier, Yoshihashi. <laughs> yep, uh-huh. I understand. Yeah, it's not a <laughs> it's not the money match, right? And considering right. what you talk about uh these two teams have been like, you know, and jaw jacking at each other the last couple of weeks, so months, months, even months, months. Yeah, so it it just makes sense. And obviously, there's a lot of other tag teams out there, and you could presumably make this a multi team match of some kind of, and make it just for the AW titles or just for the IWGP titles, but. I just think that it just makes sense to happen here and whatever belt is on the line, I don't care. I want to see this match again. I want to see it on this stage. And I want to see I want to see a trilogy between these two teams as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, it, it's just it's it, the perfect time to do it. So I mean, and let's not forget that um, All In is happening. Will Ospreay is going to be there. It's confirmed. He's going. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if all of the United Empire is there, or at least most of it. Um, Because that group is getting pretty big now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, I... have the first match here as far as I'm concerned if you want to have a rematch at all in if the thing that we want to happen at all in doesn't happen go right ahead and do that um so yeah 
the next match is a match that was supposed to happen last year, but did not due to injury. In in its place, we got the debut in AEW of Claudio Castagnoli. Ah, I think I know where you're going. So, currently, Zack Sabre Jr. is the the inaugural New Japan World Television Champion. And uh, this championship has uh, specific rules that uh, every match is only 15 minutes long. Is that an official New Japan rule for its title, or is it was it like a rule made by yes. made up? Oh, okay. No, that is a championship rule, wow. not a Zach, not a Zack Saber rule. I did not know that. Interesting. So, last year Zack Saber Junior faced Claudio, and the match was close to eighteen minutes, and it was one of the best matches on the show. So. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Zack Sabre Jr., probably one of the best technical wrestlers in the last 10 years, could not have an amazing match with Brian Danielson, one of the most amazing technical wrestlers in the last 30 years. <laughs> mm. um, because this is the match we were robbed of, unfortunately, by injury, and it just it, it needs to happen. It it It... It's a crime that it hasn't already, but saving it for this show just, I guess, made sense. Brian hasn't gone over to Japan at any at all yet, and he that was something he wanted to do, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be happening as frequently as we would like, considering yeah. some some news that came out today about his uh, status at AEW. Oh, where he is going to be part of the creative team of Collision. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big one. Yeah, so I don't think we're gonna get a lot of Brian Danielson in Japan anytime soon, or at least not as freak as I mentioned, as frequently as we would like. So you gotta have this match here. It's gonna be amazing. If you don't think it's going to be amazing, think about this. And you could think whatever you want about this person, whatever. So Dave Meltzer has an award on the Wrestling Observer newsletter called the Technical Wrestler of the Year. This award is officially named the Brian Danielson slash Zack Sabre Jr. Technical Wrestler of the Year. <laughs> because they both won it more times than anybody ever. And again, whatever your opinion is of Dave Meltzer, I don't care. But that has to mean something. So, I need this match. I want this match. Everybody deserves this match. It needs to happen. Okay, so uh, I guess we're starting to wind down to the final match. I guess I don't know. I've I've kind uh, of lost count. So I, don't I know have, how many? I have four left. Oh, okay, four left. Okay, all right. <laughs> Continue. Yes. 
So the next match, and again, these could be in any order. This is just the order I put it in. Uh, so the next match is for the AW International Championship. Mm. Now, this is contingent on the current champion remaining the current champion. Yeah. Which I think which I think is going to happen. Um I mean recently I think Orange... I think at this point I think at this point Orange Orange wishes his reign would end. <laughs> so he yes. could well, so have a was, nap. <laughs> that's what I was going to say is like yeah. recently he's been having match after match after match and he's gotten more and more hurt slash tired after yeah, all of so them. It, it, it's building up. And it's building up. The, so the story going into Double or Nothing is that everybody is knocking on Tony's door to face the champion. So we're essentially having a, um, well, they're calling it a Blackjack royal room, uh, Battle Royal, but it's essentially the... Uh, it's the, the Casino um, Battle Royal. The Casino Battle Royal right. yes. for the International Championship. Um. So I think I think he's going to win that match. Um yeah, I mean if you're kind of pick, picking picking names to be in there. I mean, I know you mentioned Shibata, but let's just say Shibata wasn't in that uh six man match. Although yeah. he's also although he's also the Ring of Honor um pure, pure champion. champion. Yep. Uh you know, you got a full guy like Des- Desperado. Maybe all four members of the House of Torture. That would be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, one of the people I expect to be in that match is somebody I have in this match. Oh. And that and that is Will Hobbs. Ah, yes. And Will Hobbs is the person I I personally have pegged to beat Orange Cassidy for this belt. Uh, because recently uh, Will Hobbs has mentioned that um, QT Marshall has not kept up his end of the deal to to make Will Hobbs a champion again. And of course what Orange Cassidy has mentioned the tiring schedule of defending the belt every week. Mm. Um so it just makes sense. But I also have two other people in this match from New Japan. Uh the first name is somebody that we uh talked about earlier who uh, teamed with Darby and Sting last year, mm. Shingo Takagi. And the other name is somebody that we mentioned way earlier, El Desperado. Mm. So I have these these four in a, in a four-way. Um, you've got the unorthodox hybrid style of Orange Cassidy, the powerhouse style of Will Hobbs, the striking technical style of Shingo Takagi, and basically the all of that for El Desperado. Um, I I I was trying to think logically, I guess, about putting a, an international title because last year was the first time that we had this belt. It was still called the All Atlantic Belt, and right. um. We had uh, we had a mix of styles in that match as well. We had Clark Connors, we had Tomohiro Ishii, we had Miro, and we had um, Pac, right? 
All right, so here's the thing. So Ishii beat Kurt Connors in the tournament. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Ishii so Kurt, got yes. sick as well, so he wasn't able to travel to Japan. So I think Kurt that Connors that is correct. took his place. It, yes. it, it contained Pac, Miro, I think Malachi Black, and yes. uh, Clark Connors. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot that detail about Ishii. So Ishii was supposed to be in that match. Clark Connors took his spot. So yeah, yeah uh, we had a, a mixture of styles in that match as well. So I was trying to think of it on that level, having it, this mixture of styles and um, seeing if Orange Cassidy could topple this particular uh, hurdle mm. because he's been on such a roll and he he's killing it right now. He is the most... He's he's got like the most defenses of anybody I think in of any championship in AEW history. Um, he's just he's on another level right now. And um, yeah, I I I want to believe that he will still be the champion by uh by time this show comes around. And uh, yeah, I I. I just want to see something, something like this. That'll be it. Should be super fun. Mm-hmm. So we're down to the final three, and uh, this is a match. All right, so this match is a match that we all have been talking about. It's a match that we've seen before. It's a match that we probably would have saw last year if not for the injury to Kenny Omega. It's a match that has main evented Wrestle Kingdom. It's a match that has happened on four separate occasions. Kenny Omega, who is still the IWGP United States Champion, but hasn't defended it recently because he's been a little busy, defending it against Kazushka Okada. Mm. This match has never happened on American soil. So North American soil will have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get um, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Um Canadian soil. Got a Canadian champion defending the US title in Canada against it- probably the best wrestler in the world I mean he's at least top five I mean yeah. both of these guys both of these guys are as far as I'm concerned at least top five I'm just tired of seeing Okada win the world title <laughs> yeah I looked at his record it's like he's only ever won a world title in New Japan other than his current reign as a yeah Six man tag well, guy. But, his current reign as yeah. a as a six man champ is was his first championship match that wasn't a world title. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so, we definitely deserve this. I mean, this whole New Japan AEW partnership was like I think this is what this is one of the things that was premised on fans buying into it was mm-hmm. the Omega versus Okada confrontation on in you know on in in North America, right? So yes. Yeah. It just it just it's time. 
it's time. It's yeah, ti- it's time to have this match again, and it's time for people who, because you know, there's still a ton of people who watch AEW but don't watch New Japan. There, there's still a lot of people like that, so they probably haven't seen these two face each other before. Of course, I and and I assume you have seen all of their matches. And... Uh for Omega, I I've 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 only really started watching him during his AEW run, so I've only mostly followed his AEW career. Um, well, I, I mean, I did, if you have did watch, I did watch Wrestle Kingdom eight twenty eighteen, so or mm-hmm. twenty seventeen. Well, you you should go back and watch the other matches that these two have had mm. because they have they have one that was a draw, that was also very good. Uh, and the one where Kenny won the belt was probably the best one. I believe that one was two out of three falls. I believe. Um, and that was at a Dominion. So Kenny never, Kenny never beat him at a Wrestle Kingdom. Kenny beat him at a Dominion for the belt. And uh, yeah, that all of their matches just on another level. Uh, so I see it's just getting to see this match again at, at this point in both of their careers on another stage in front of a different crowd because if you watch New Japan Japanese crowds are very different to American crowds people don't understand so when when Mercedes debuted in New Japan people don't understand if you're not a frequent New Japan viewer that they don't pop like we do here they don't they don't react like american fans do they react differently they're they're more quiet they listen more they pay attention more like unlike us who are just rabid people who cheer for everything and react a certain way that's why the people online who don't understand the japanese culture of wrestling and don't understand that mercedes was over as hell when she debuted Crowds just react differently over there. Um. So yeah, we need to see this match on American North American soil, and it's time. So, uh, the next match is our co-main event, technically, I guess second to last, and um. So I, I as I mentioned, I tried to book the show uh, as accurately as I could, comparing it to last year. I guess so. We, we we had both world titles closing out the show, and last year we had a fatal four way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, which unfortunately didn't really go as planned. It uh led to the injuries of. Adam Cole. Um, but this year, I I mean, I wrote down a triple threat. And so we have the champion, Sonata, who has been absolutely killing it since he went out uh, and left LIJ and joined uh, 
just five guys, which I will never get over how stupid that name is, but <laughs> um, and as far as I'm concerned, he's the only guy in the group that is that matters. Okay, okay. <laughs> the other people in that group are Tai Chi, Doki, Yoshinobu Kanamari, and um, Taka Michinoku. Taka Michinoku. Yeah. Um, but either way, Sonata absolutely killing it as the champion. So I have him. So since he's become the champion, he's already challenged one of his former LIJ members in Hiromu Takahashi. And he didn't like he didn't turn on LIJ like um like Evil did. Evil turned on LIJ. Sonata just amicably left and they kind of just accepted that he left. They weren't like I mean they were upset that he left cuz he said cuz he said that he couldn't uh reach the level he wanted to in LIJ. That's that's what he said. Yeah. Because of the man that I have in this match, the leader of LIJ, Tetsuya Naito. Mm. And the third man, somebody who I have not named yet, who last year was the AEW world champion at the time of this show, John Moxley. Oh. So my thinking was John Moxley is... I get on as far as I'm concerned, other than Kenny Omega and the elite, John Moxley is the biggest name in AEW. Hands down. So he's not challenging for the AEW world title this year or defending it. So it's time for him to challenge for the IWGP world heavyweight. Yeah. I don't think he's ever challenged for the IWGP no. world title. No, he has not. Every match that he's had in New Japan has either been for the U.S. title or just a standard match, mm. whether it was in America or in Japan. Um, And John Moxley is, you know, since the BCC has been on this uh, run that they're on now of just being absolute animals, destroying everybody, he's going to want more championships. Right, and the, I just think that it would be just kill like and and plus you got the Sonata and Naito story kind of meeting here with John Moxley also being like I want that title as well, so it just it, I I and Naito was not included last year and. He said because he didn't get asked. Because somebody asked him in an interview uh, later in the year, last year, and asked why he wasn't there for Forbidden Door. And he said that nobody asked him. That's that. I mean, that's what he said. And I don't know if that was just a, a mistake or he just didn't get booked. Um but he's one of the biggest names in New Japan. And it, and again, the story of Sonata 
basically going through every uh, going through the biggest names in LIJ to solidify his name as the world champion. Just, I, I mean, I don't know if that's tentatively in the plans for him to challenge for Tetsuya Naito to challenge him down the line. I would think that it is, but who knows when that will be? I, I, I don't think that they're going to save that for Wrestle Kingdom. That just seems too far down the line. But New Japan likes to book their stuff way in advance, like way more in advance than Tony Khan used to. So who knows? But yeah, I I just think it just made sense to have this match here with these names. It's the biggest match I think you could have for this belt on this show as far as I'm concerned okay so Mm -hmm. we have reached the main event finally this podcast is starting to feel like an AEW (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view so as I mentioned earlier I fully expect MJF to retain at double or nothing. And I was trying to think who would be the perfect counterpoint from New Japan to face MJF. Somebody who is kind of on the same level as him as far as like experience or even more experience, but cockiness. Somebody that can be like a foil to him on the same level as him. And there was only one answer. Will Ospreay. Oh. Hmm. Because I tried to think about this on paper. Those two have never faced each other. Ever. Because MJF doesn't go to Japan and probably never will. Um... Will Ospreay hasn't been in AEW in a very long time because he's been hurt. And last year, he was the U.S. champ. He's been IWGP World Heavyweight champ, and I think that they're saving that for down the line as well. Him and Sonata will be amazing eventually. But MJF being the AEW World Champion, he has to be on this show has to defend the belt, has to defend it against a big New Japan name. And I don't think that they're... So, if you look at it, the other big names in New Japan, like MJF versus Okada, that would be great. That would be a great match. MJF is an amazing wrestler. Okada is, you know, as we mentioned, amazing. Tetsuya Naito, same thing. Uh, Who... Whoever you could name that is a big name in New Japan, those would all be great. But MGF, his bread and butter is the promo leading up to the match. Who's he going to have a better promo with than Will Ospreay? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Nobody. And that match with a healthy Will Ospreay, a healthy MJF, going to be a banger. And I, I, I can't think of another match to have MJF in. 
Yeah, I remember yeah. last year when we talked about this, we were. Well, last discussing. year MJF was, had nothing going on around no, this time. I don't think he did. No, he was. I don't think he was booked, and we were speculating he would just face Toru Yano or, of all people. Well, and yeah, because that would yeah. just that would be like something to like embarrass MJF, you know? Right. Like, because we weren't sure what was going on with him last yeah. year around this yeah. time. Yeah, he was now. Gone. Yeah. Now, he's the biggest name in AEW. He's the world champion. He's going to defend the belt double or nothing against the pillars. That match is going to be amazing, I hope. Mm. Um, And who knows how long he's going to be the champion. But him solidifying it on another level by defending it against somebody like Will Ospreay would be crazy in a good way. And... uh I think that Will Ospreay, because we've seen MJF have matches with high flyers, and Will Ospreay has kind of like grounded his offense more recently because he is fully aware that the style that he used to wrestle when he was in his 20s is not something he can do forever. Um, That's why he has done more uh, physical wrestling and more... Sh- added more of a striking style to his arsenal. And in like matches that he's had with Shingo Takagi and um and even Okada where he was he's not relying on what made him famous, which was flying around the ring. He is becoming more of a technical wrestler and becoming more calculated. And He's he's on another level right now. I mean, as I mentioned, he's been hurt. But when he isn't hurt, he's having the best match on the show. No matter who he's facing. He he He's great. And so is MJF. I think this match would be killer. And that's the card that I put together. As I mentioned... Numerous times. Whenever you book something, fantasy books something, there's always people that are left out. There's always people that you expect to be on the show that aren't, and people that are on the show that you expect not to be. Like Last year, nobody could have mentioned QT Marshall's name to me one time. And and I would have said, yeah, he's going to have a match on that show. So, you never know. Yeah, and uh, thank you for putting that card together, Mike. That's a wide selection of um, matches, yes. and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with at Forbidden Door. I guess just to recap, let's just repeat what um, what uh, run down the matches you picked. So uh, it started off with uh, Jeff Cobb versus Bandito. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, Suzuki... Ren Narita and Lance Archer facing the acclaimed with uh, Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, House of Black versus Chaos. Ha- right. House of Black versus Chaos. And then we have uh, I believe the you bu- put it the, the Bullet, Bullet Club. Club. So basically the Bullet Club Civil War. Uh, yes. Jay White, Juice, and El Phantasmo versus David Finley, Clark Connors, and Chase Owens. Yes. Um, 
and then uh, we have a, I guess, a women's match uh, with Mercedes Monet versus. Uh, was well, that was that that, okay, that was, was like later, two, that but was you, like two matches later, but oh, yeah. Sorry. So we so we had the Adam Page, Young Bucks, and Kota Ibushi versus Claudio Wheeler Yuta, Shota Umino, and Kanosuke Takeshita. Right. Uh, JS Chris Jericho Guevara and Garcia versus Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. Uh. Some kind of amalgam amalgamation of a woman's match. Where either Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet or Jade Cargill versus Mercedes Monet right, or Jamie something. Hayter versus Mayu Iwatani or who knows. Maybe, um, maybe make that a four-way match. Why don't we just include all four of them and just see what yeah, happens? Right? Yeah, yeah right. Probably be better. Yeah, anyway. Uh, then, uh, then we got the Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu Takahashi defending against Darby Allen and Jack Perry. Right. Uh the AW and IWGP Tag Team Championship FTR right. versus Aussie Open. Yep. New Japan World Television Championship Zack Saber Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Yep. Um, um Kenny International for... International Championship mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy versus Will Hobbs versus Shingo Takagi versus El Desperado. Then we got Kenny Omega versus Okada for the IWGP United States title. Right, and then finally MJF defending well, the oh, sorry, did I IWGP one? World Heavyweight Champion Sonata oh, versus John right. Moxley versus yes, yes. Naito, yes, and then sorry. and the then match. AW World Title MJF defending against Will Osprey. So wow, that is a definitely a star-studded cast for uh, Forbidden Door Two. So as I mentioned last year, I think mm-hmm. I got like one or two matches correct. Okay. I fully expect that to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping you get more than just one or two. Like, if you could get like half of this card, then I think you. I mean that that would job. be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and with that, uh, that is um really basically Mike's uh, predictions on the Forbidden Door two. Uh, taking place in Toronto on June 25th, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, you know, thank you for listening and um, signing off. Um, Mike, do you have anything else to plug before uh, we uh, take our leave? Uh, no, not really. Just keep uh, supporting this podcast. Uh, we will be back to uh, review Double or Nothing at some point when Alan is able to watch it because he yeah. won't be able to watch it live. Yeah, um, uh-huh. that'll be our next show, and uh, then we have something else special planned. Um, uh, I asked a friend of mine to come on, my buddy Tanner, formerly of the Headlock Talk podcast. He is going to be coming on here to uh, join us for a little uh, yeah, showdown so, yeah. of theme songs. We're right. going to put a bracket together. And then and, we're just gonna analyze and or just talk about like how, how good are these or maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna analyze the theme songs that are selected. Me and Alan are each gonna pick eight themes, and we're gonna go from there. And I'm looking forward to that because I had that idea in the you know, uh, in the old noggin for a while, and uh, just haven't been able to plan it. Cool. 
And with that, uh, that brings us to the end of uh, this episode of SLTD Going Over Big Time Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a good day.